0: Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. How are you? I am okay. I'm a little under the weather. I, I'm a day late with this. I consider canceling, but uh, the show must go on, as they say. Plus, there's some shit I want to talk about. But before I do that, please, please, pretty please... Hit subscribe or follow wherever you're watching or listening to this i have to say this part because it's important to the metrics so subscribe or follow uh five stars thumbs up comments all that good stuff i appreciate all of it um today's show i'm gonna talk obviously i've got talked about the, the the shootings um in the u.s and just gun stuff and i hate the fact that i'm talking about gun stuff again but you gotta talk about what's in the news so that's what's gonna come into play here um I've also got a really couple of fun stories about vasectomies and, and, the craziest obituary you've ever heard. Which I will read to you, which I don't normally do, but I will read you this uh, vasectomy, (laughs) obituary, because it is insane. But first, the theme song. Are you listening? Damn. All right, so I want to start today with um, talking about parenting Uh, You know, it's a parenting podcast at its its core I try to incorporate something parenting related every week Um, And I want to talk about something that I go through on a uh, weekly basis with my oldest So my oldest is six And we signed him up for soccer this year He's never played soccer But his friends were playing soccer So we signed him up um. and look he has showed signs of potentially uh, having anxiety I haven't gotten them tested I also hate the idea of projecting and trying to anticipate what might be wrong with my child I'd rather just see them uh, for who they are and kind of um, react to what's in front of me but I've been worried that my mental health issues would be put through to one of my kids, if not both. And I started to see very early on that maybe, maybe this one has it. You know, when things um, were new, especially he would cry, Um, super standoffish and shy likes to be a bit of a perfectionist now that's not that's not a me thing the perfectionist thing isn't a me thing but the idea of failing in front of others might be part of it but anyways I digress a little Um, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is uh, at soccer practice he's in eight and under he's probably one of the youngest guys on the team Um, I don't mind saying he's not the most fit guy on the team He's not the most athletically gifted guy on the team, but he's a good good team guy. Always cheering for everyone, super excited just to be out there. And he's really enjoying it, more so than I was expecting. And um, What happens though is during practice, not so much games, but during practice, there's a lot of unknown variables in practice the coach will introduce new drills. And in these new drills, there's often detailed explanations as to what he wants them to do. Okay, I want you to dribble the ball with your feet and then go around this pylon, then come around here, then pass to that guy, then go back and then kick the ball for a goal. And what has happened on more than one occasion is the the lack of understanding and his lack of comfort with soccer gets to him and he looks at me from from the field and I can see the eyes starting to dart and we've kind of developed this code and it's, it's simple but it's a thumbs up so I'll look at him and I'll give him a thumbs up and 90% of the time I get a thumbs up right back because I'm just just checking in you're good right thumbs up but 10% of the time I don't get a thumbs up and I can, I can see the anxiety in him building. And at first I thought, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let him try to play through this. But he started crying on the field. I was that kid. I can relate to this. So um I took him off the field and we had a good cry on the sidelines. And and you know, I, I talked to him. Talked him through it a little bit as best I could, and that was the first time that had happened. um, Where I was like, okay, I don't think I handled that perfectly. I should have been more proactive and not tried to force him through it because I, even as an adult, don't want to be forced through an anxiety attack, or panic, or fear. I want to, I want someone to just kind of tell me it's okay. We're gonna ride this out. As I've often said, uh, anxiety attack, panic attacks, depression. I find them like uh, it's like drowning and or riding a wave and you just got to ride the wave. But if you think you've hit rocky waters, reach out for help. And and when he didn't give me the thumbs up, that's his way of saying I need help. So. um, The the once a practice has happened now where a new drill will be introduced and he doesn't think he can do it. He's unsure of himself. He's unsure of it and. Maybe he's a little embarrassed about his skill set, but I don't think he is. I don't think he's that cognizant of, I'm not the best player on the team. Um, I don't think he's cognizant of that at all. I think he's just freaking out about something he doesn't know and understand. So now when I don't get a thumbs up, I run onto the field. I don't care. I'm the only parent who does it, but I'll run onto the field. I'll pull him right off and we'll sit and watch the drill together. And I'll talk through it. Um, but it won't be like super encouraging. Or it won't be like you need to get out there. It'll be like do you want to go out there. Or I'll say do you want to do that drill. But just with daddy. Just like behind everyone. Do you want to do it on the sidelines. Away from everyone. He hasn't taken me up on any of those offers. But I want him to know that I'm still kind of encouraging. Without forcing. And inevitably. And inevitably. We just end up watching the drill, and I try to pinpoint some things that look difficult. I'll say like, "Oh, look that! That looks challenging," um, or "Oh, look that! You know that that boy is also struggling with that 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 move," um, or "You should really watch your coach try this." Again, not in a "You need to do this." More of a "Oh, that's interesting. Oh, look at the way he's doing it. Oh, look at it," because I think his anxiety comes from uncertainty. So seeing other people be uncertain and seeing other people maybe not excelling with it right away, I'm hoping will increase his comfort level. And generally speaking, after that drill has come and gone, he jumps right back in. So he sits out the one he's uncomfortable with and he jumps back into it. And then we talk about it after practice. And we say things like, I'll say, so that drill that was really hard that we sat out, will you try that next time? And with the exception of one drill, which he still doesn't quite understand, (laughs) he said yes. He said, yeah, that actually kind of looked like fun. Or, yeah, I'll give it a try. Um, It's just this fear of the unknown and not being confident that he can do it that um, it freezes him. And as someone who struggles openly with his mental health, and I I talk about it frequently on the show, um, I can relate to that. And all I try to do is remember what would I want in that situation. And I got to be honest, most of the time, all I want is to someone kind of put their hand on my shoulder and just go, I'm here. So I try to do the same for him. Um, And it's hard as a parent because when you're the, when your kid is the one on the team that is struggling with this, it's, It's, I think it's natural to feel a little embarrassed or like uncomfortable with it. Like I, man, I'm the only parent who wants to run into the field. Um, but as I've gone through this journey of understanding myself and my mental health, I think the thing that comes from that is fuck them. I hate, you know, I once had a boss years and years and years and years ago. Give me that exact advice. And she said, are, to to me something to the effect of, are you happy with what you're doing? And I said, yeah. And she said, uh, do you want to keep working here? And I said, yeah. And she said, uh, well then, fuck them. Just, just fuck them. You, you got to do what's right for you. And it's easy to forget that messaging sometimes. But um, you're there for your kid. So if your kid is the one who's shy, maybe a little awkward, maybe a little embarrassing. Not embarrassing. Uh, puts you in potential situations where you might feel embarrassed, fuck them. You got you to gotta put that aside for yourself and for your kid and do what's best for them because they need that support in that moment. And that's what I'm doing. Um, I don't do this for a pat on the back or say, oh, what a great job parenting, Joe. I put this out there to say, like, if your kid is experiencing that, you're not alone. And you, you just got to be there for them. Alright, I left a big pregnant pause there from on purpose. Because I think I said everything I wanted to say there. As you know, I'm pretty loosey-goosey on this. But, uh, look, uh, America's on fire. It is just a, a disaster over there right now. Um, they seem to be turning back the clock and going backwards in time. With what they're allowing their citizens to be able to do. Including celebrate 4th of July. So, um... Look, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Highland Park Massacre. On the 4th of July, a man goes to a parade, shoots it up. Uh, based upon what has come out of fit since, it turns out he... Uh, I'm going to say, look, he dressed in women's clothes because he had facial tattoos. And I think he wanted to describe, uh, kind of disguise himself. So he dressed in women's clothes. He opened fire from a rooftop nearby. And then just kind of casually escaped in all the chaos. It's a uh, disgusting America. It really is. Um, look, and, and what I will say, and I'm, I'm going to talk to, I'm going to say this, America, people are watching the world is watching you right now. And in our household, there is no interest in, in traveling there. There's no interest in bringing our our tourist dollars to America. Um, It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel safe. And yeah, some of it is sensationalized via the media. Of course. But it's not just the media when things like Roe v. Wade are being overturned. When there are mass shootings almost daily and you never know when one is gonna happen or where a school a church a parade these should be safe events um, so just this part sounds sad because it is uh, America used to be the kind of beacon and now it's like, Jesus Christ, they got some issues that they need to work out. And I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know what the breaking point is. I, I don't know where it comes from. Um, because it feels like it's bubbled to this head. And it's like a zit that needs to be popped. But what is that? Like, what does that mean? What does that mean today's society? I don't know. I don't know what it means. Turns out this Cretan, uh, in 2019, I'm going to put up a tweet here from Patton Oswalt. Uh, the alleged mass shooter made the chilling vow in 2019 that he would kill everyone. The cops came, they took 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. And as Pat will beautifully put here, "Chef's kiss." Luckily, after his massive, disturbing collection of blades was taken away from him, he was able to easily buy an assault rifle. USA, USA. Um, I read this. I read this headline, and uh, I couldn't help but think: but George Carlin's head would have exploded at this. His head just would have went, <clears throat> and that would have been the end of George Carlin. Um. (laughs) This guy's a real threat Better let him buy a gun Come on And I'll end on this by saying uh, He was white So of course he was taken in without incident Unlike Jalen Walker Of Akron, Ohio A 25 year old unarmed black man Who was shot 60 times Sixty. Sixty. You ever tried counting to sixty? It's a hell of a lot longer than you remember. Sixty. Sixty times they shot an unarmed black man. Uh, details of this are more or less, and I forgive me, I paraphrase this, if you want news, you know where to find it. This is for entertainment and educational purposes, but not necessarily news. Um, it was a routine traffic stop there was an alleged shot from his vehicle towards the police a chase ensued they tried to tase him didn't work so they shot him 60 times i, I, I don't know where the words lethal force were forgotten but to me that feels like like it should be common sense like if If you've tased someone, surely they are more vulnerable to, I don't know, a body check. Or, and someone's going to say to me, oh, you're ridiculous. Who's going to body check? You don't know if he has another gun. Right, but, but we're not supposed to walk around killing citizens. and de-escalating the situation should be the primary objective. And if there was a shot fired, absolutely. But he was unarmed at the time. He left his gun behind when the chase pursuit, when the when the chase went on. 60 times they shot him. So the guy who allegedly shot from his car Shot 60 times. The guy who killed a handful of people at a parade. Arrested without incident. One was black, one was white. <sighs> America. All right, we're going to go Roe v. Wade now. I know, it's just heavy, heavy stuff, but this is kind of fun. And I've got a fun one for the end. So. St- Bear with me here. Okay? Bear with me. Uh, U.S. doctors have seen a spike in vasectomies following the end of Roe v. Wade. (laughs) I love this story. I love this. Uh, Men are like, you know what? We're going to take this into our own hands. And good for them. So uh, Washington, uh, a clinic in Washington was reporting that they went from about four to five requests a day. To twelve to eighteen requests a day after Roe v Wade overturned. Good. Good. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a doctor. You may not know this, but I'm not a doctor. But I do know that vasectomies are relatively easy to kind of snip, 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 snip. So they can overturn them, like Roe v Wade. Uh, they can. They can get them undone. Um. So since we have taken control over women's bodies I think we should also take control over men's bodies and make the vasectomy mandatory the second the male starts to uh, get active so let's say at 13. let's just say at 13 every teenage boy has to go in and get it snipped and then when he's ready to have children he has to go get it unsnipped Why not? We've already told women you have to give birth. Let's tell boys they have to get a vasectomy. Makes perfect sense to me. Now we're going to end on the craziest obituary I've ever seen. I don't always read. I very rarely read. But this is this is too good not, not to read. It's long. Not that long. But it's long-ish. A Florida man... Of course it was a Florida man. Florida man wrote the world's greatest obituary for his father. It is mean. It is crude. Uh, and it is... Uh, well, here it is. You tell, you tell me what you think. Lawrence, I'm going to say Faff, Fife Sr., was born in Belmont, New York on April 16th, 1941. He passed away on June 27th, 2022... Living a long life, much longer than he deserved. He is survived by his three children. No, four. Oops, five children. Well, as of twenty twenty two, we believe there is none one more that we know about, but there could be more. His love was abundant when it came to himself, but for his children it was limited. From a young age he was a ladies man and an abusive alcoholic, solidifying his commitment to both his to both with the path of destruction he left behind damaging his adult children and leaving them broken. Lawrence's senior's hobbies included abusing his first wife and children. He loved to start projects but never followed through on any of them. He enjoyed the life of a bar fly for many years and had a quaint little living space studio above his favorite hole in the wall, the the club Nashville. Lawrence Sr. did spend over 20 years in the NYPD, but even his time in service was negligent at best. Because of his alcohol addiction, His commanding officer took away his gun and badge, replacing them with a broom until he could get his act together. Lawrence Sr. did claim to be clean and sober for over 30 years, but never worked any of the 12 steps, including the 8th and 9th steps, with his children making amends. He possesses no redeeming qualities for his children, including the ones he knew and the ones he knew about. It will be challenging to miss Lawrence Sr. because he was narcissistic. He was incapable of love. Lawrence Sr.'s passing proves that evil does eventually die, and it makes marks a time of healing, which will allow his children to get the closure they deserve. Lawrence Sr. can be remembered for being a father to many, and a dad to none. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know when your obituary makes the news, something interesting has happened. Uh, Most of the time it's something cute and funny Like I want the Toronto Maple Leafs To put me in the ground So they can let me down one more time It's usually that joke Uh, This was a guy who started writing it And the the, the article will tell you He started writing it uh, before the passing of his father He found it like therapeutic To fantasize about his dad's death um, And have this kind of ready to go So uh, Dad if you're listening to this Yours will not be that harsh I don't think let's see what you do to piss me off over the next few years, but it's unlikely to be that bad. That's it. It's the show game over. That's it. 20 minute episode. The street continues. We keep it going. Uh, I've got guests lined up for the next two or three weeks. I've got people lined up for the next two or three weeks. So you won't have to do another Just Joe show again. Unless some scheduling conflicts arise, which they do uh, from time to time. But the good news is I've got guests lined up for the next two or three weeks. And all new guests so far. Uh, So far, it's all people I haven't interviewed before. So I'm looking forward to the new chats. Uh, I have one returning guest that will probably come back in about a month or so. Uh, She currently has covid and I think we can have an interesting chat about COVID because COVID from the media perspective and from the government regulation perspective and the way the society has moved on, we've just kind of said, fuck it, COVID doesn't exist anymore, deal with it, but people are still getting it. This person got it. This person, children has it. Um, and I want to talk about their experience with COVID and we'll see how, what type of information they can provide. So lots of good stuff coming down the pipeline. The show goes on. Of course, want to thank DeanBlundell.com DeanBlundell.com Home of Canada's number one podcast network Including this show Uh, Check out their website Lots of fun, frivolous stuff And his podcast Three-ish, four-ish lately Monday to Friday Uh, Honestly, one of the best podcasts around I've got merch I've got merch I've got lots and lots of merch Well, not lots. I have four t-shirts. I've got zero days without a dad joke. World's okayest dad. Raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob. And that nerd dad. In case you want to wear my logo for some awesome reason. If you end up purchasing any of these things. And if you'd be so inclined, take a picture. I'll share it on the show. I promise. And that's truly it. Be well. Be safe. We'll talk next week. Thanks for listening. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Andrea Askowitz, and I'm Allison Langer.